Are you ready for the end of the world? Wahaha! This is your community spirit. The show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again. The circle of family, the circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is your community spirit coming at you live, local, and in your face as usual on uh, Fridays here at 10 a.m. WDBX 91.1 FM, Community Radio for Southern Illinois. My name is Tree Song. I'll be your host today. Uh, or Danny Jiman is off on another one of his solar adventures, so he is unable to join us today. But we've got plenty of news and happenings and such to keep us busy while he's away. Uh, first of all, I'd like to start by sending out a shout-out to everyone involved in the WDBX uh, 15th Annual uh, Ball. Uh, it was exciting. The theme was Venetian Masquerade. And there were actually a lot of people out there with with masquerade costumes. It was really fun. A lot of creative costumes, a lot of dancing, music, good people, good times. So thank you to everyone who helped make that possible and everyone who turned out. I had a really fun time, and I hope you did too. All right, we've got other things lined up for today. Um, so as you may have noticed, uh, it's a little bit warm outside. <laughs> uh, it's that's it's a little bit early for me to be playing that spring music I played. That's uh, Vivaldi's uh, Spring from the Four Seasons. But you know, even though it's not the spring equinox yet, it's the it's about the temperature of of something after the spring equinox. So I thought I'd bust that one out. Uh, so hopefully you're enjoying the warm weather. Looks like it might be a little cloudy and rainy rainy at the moment, but it's good stuff out there. So let's start with some of the news. In our news, we have, Can You Hear Me Now? A new poll shows that the public trusts the EPA, loves the Clean Air Act, and wants Congress to butt out. <laughs> uh, as you may know, if you've been following the news on the topic, uh, Republicans have launched a massive coordinated attack on the EPA, attempting to block its greenhouse gas regulations, its air and water regulations, and in some cases, its very existence. We've talked about a little bit of that on the show in past months. So uh, the uh, the surprising thing, though, I mean, I will admit I was actually, I, I try to be optimistic, but I was a little bit surprised by this poll, that uh, the Republican attack on the EPA is radically unpopular with voters across parties and demographics. Uh, the public, according to a nationwide survey done by the American Lung Association, in partnership with polling firm Greenberg Quinlan Rosner, um, it looks like the public overwhelmingly supports the EPA in updating Clean Air Act standards and overwhelmingly opposes congressional efforts to block the EPA. Um, the, one of the things that's stuck out in this for me is that um, uh, d Democrats do tend to support it more than independents and independents more than Republicans, but there was uh, widespread support for uh, stricter limits on smog, uh, stricter limits on CO2, increase in fuel efficiency standards, and stricter limits on mercury emissions. Uh, I guess fancy that, people don't want to inhale poisons. <laughs> so that's the latest news on that. Uh, if you want some more detailed reports, you can sign up for our newsletter. Uh, if you email me at treesong at treesong.org with newsletter, 
uh, or a radio show in the in the headline. It'll get my attention. All right, let's see here. Other news for the day. Uh, the price ain't right. What is coal's true cost? Now, as you may know, Carbondale, the carbon in Carbondale is allegedly uh, due to the fact that this uh, has been a coal region. And so a lot of people here are wondering about the, what's going on with coal. Also, a lot of people around the country and the world are wondering because of the potential... Uh, economic and environmental issues. So there's a groundbreaking article uh, coming out in the annals of the New York Academy of Sciences. Uh, Dr. Paul Epstein, Associate Director of the Center for Health and Global Environment at Harvard Medical School, details the economic, health, and environmental costs associated with each stage in the life cycle of coal. That includes everything from the extraction to the transportation, the processing, the combustion, uh, these costs, between a third to over half a trillion dollars annually, are directly passed on to the public. Now, that's one thing that's always gotten to me for a long time now. Uh, it's that if a, if a private industry is doing something that creates uh, public costs, these are called externalities. And some people will say, oh, externalities, who's really worried about that? That's just a heat theoretical, hypothetical thing, uh, but but these are not theoretical, hypothetical costs. Uh, if these activities create things like uh, if they reduce air quality to increase the amount of asthma, then treating asthma has economic costs. If they cause uh, climate change to happen and they have uh, greater storm frequency and severity, then that's also going to have economic costs. So this report is looking into some of the details of these costs. And their, their analysis uh, suggests that the uh, proposed measure to address uh, one of the emissions, CO2, uh, let's see. Yeah, it, it, basically there's a lot of details if you sign up for our newsletter. But basically this new report that's coming out is tracking all the refined details of what these costs are. And it's it's something that you can understand why even in, in good faith it may not have been considered fully to this point because it's it seems sort of vague. You know, I'm releasing stuff into the air. What happens to that stuff when it gets out of my smokestack? Uh, so the it's good that there is this study coming out to study the effects. Um, it's considering issues from everything from global warming to local harm in Appalachia, which we've been following here on the on your community spirit, keeping track of that issue. So yes, uh, there are in fact uh, costs to coal that are not being accounted for in its current price. There are also recommendations offered in the port. The report, um, <coughs> excuse me, it includes everything from uh, life cycle costs of all electrical generation technologies, uh, phasing out coal and phasing in cleanly powered smart grids, uh, using renewable energy sources. Uh, 
cutting down at the use end, things like electric vehicles, uh, healthy city initiatives like green buildings, rooftop gardens, public transport, and smart growth. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to mention this article. It also mentions mountaintop removal mining and reclamation of mountaintop removal sites as part of the process of mitigating the effects of past coal use. Part of what I like about this report is that it does have a comprehensive overview of the issue. It doesn't just look at one aspect. It considers all of these factors and tries to come up with an overall cost to, to, to humans, to the environments, some of it broken down specifically in economic numbers that the economists can understand. So there is a cost to coal. And speaking of mountaintop removal, we've got some other news. Sit-in at Kentucky Governor's Office ends with the Isle of Mountains Rally. Now, this was late-breaking news. Uh, the uh, author, Wendell Berry, spoke at the Isle of Mountains Day Rally held at the state capitol in Frankfurt, Kentucky, uh, on this past Monday, February 14th, which also happened to be Valentine's Day. This event was staged by Kentuckians for the Commonwealth, and included a march from the capital, or to the capital from the Kentucky River. It also included a rally on the Capitol steps. The group opposes mountaintop removal. Barry was one of the 13 environmental activists who staged a sit-in in the governor's office over the weekend. They came out to speak at the rally. So uh, there were apparently several, several hundred people there on the Capitol steps in Kentucky. And uh, I, I like this story because... It's interesting for me as an author to see authors getting out there in the news as activists. And Wendell Berry is a very famous uh, environmental author. Uh, they also have a few quotes here related to why they were doing this. Quote, We came because the land, its forests, and its streams are being destroyed by the surface mining of coal. Because the people are suffering intolerable harm to their homes, their health, and their communities and because all the people downstream are threatened by the degradation and contamination of the rivers. Barry, who lives in Henry County, in Kentucky, told the crowd. So the, uh, uh, Bashir, the, uh, yes, the, uh, the governor of Kentucky is actually actively trying to resist the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency's, uh, actions to restrict, uh, the emissions and such on coal and the effects of mountaintop removal. So they are uh, addressing him in this concern. They're also addressing the public as well. And they, I, I like the, the way they turned around something that Bashir was saying. He was saying, you know, uh, get the EPA off of our back. We're trying to do economic development through coal. And one of the members of Kentuckians for the Commonwealth said, uh, tell the coal industry to get off our backs. <laughs> See, people, people often don't see things from the other side of the fence there, that, you know, it's, it's not just a matter of this outside organization trying to 
hamper economic development. It's other people who are trying to uh, ensure their own life, their own livelihood, the health of their families, trying to call into question this practice of just letting the land be polluted wantonly without any restrictions. So yeah, it's good to see people getting out and uh, getting active, talking about the mountaintop removal issue still, because I still, uh, I know, call me crazy, I'm still not in favor of blowing up the top of a mountain and pushing all of the debris into a stream uh, just to try to get the coal out. Alright, so let's get into some of our holidays for this coming week. Today is Friday, February 18th, 2011. It's the 49th day of the year, and there are 316 days left in the year. So we're making good progress on going through this year. <laughs> good things happen in this year, we hope. I've had some good things. I hope you have, too. Some holidays, uh, great backyard bird counts. Uh, this whole weekend, actually, February 18th to 21st. Uh, it's also uh, Pluto Day. It's the snow moon. Uh, it's the anniversary of the cow milked while flying. And other holidays coming up. Copernicus's birthday. Copernicus, the astronomer. His birthday is on Saturday. Let's see. We have Sunday is the UN World Day for Social Justice. So if you're out there uh, oppressing people, uh, uh, putting them down, keeping them uh, oppressed, you may want to stop doing that on Sunday, because Sunday is the UN World Day for Social Justice. And if you're not doing that, you may want to take the time out of your day to do something in favor of social justice. It's also Monday is President's Day. Uh, it's the International Mother Language Day. And it's the anniversary of the Washington Monument dedication. Tuesday is Single Tasking Day. You've probably heard of multitasking, doing multiple things at once, uh, sometimes with questionable efficiency. Well, Tuesday is Single ta Tasking Day, a day to relax, to to focus entirely on one one task, one project at a time, not go as crazy doing five things at once. So we have. Also, coming up on Wednesday is Inconvenience Yourself Day. That may sound like a kind of silly thing to do, but it's actually intended to encourage people to inconvenience themselves for the convenience of others. It's a day to, to realize, you know, go, go an extra one minute out of my way to help someone else, or give it an extra dollar if I have a thousand dollars, you know. It's a mild inconvenience, and really, it's worth it for the good that you can do. So there's any number of ways you can celebrate this, but Wednesday is Inconvenience Yourself Day. You can inconvenience yourself for the sake of others. Uh, all right. We also have a very important one coming on Thursday, Introduce a Girl to Engineering Day. Now, it may seem kind of crazy in 2011. We're, you know, living in an advanced futuristic time, but we still have a lot of discrimination on the basis of gender, sex, sexuality, uh, all sorts of other identities. And Thursday is an opportunity to introduce a girl to Engineering Day. 
in order to encourage us getting over the historical barrier of uh, women being introduced into the sciences, specifically engineering. And I'm very much in favor of this. And I, I don't know, I guess I'm just fortunate to have been blessed to have so many uh, intelligent, uh, hardworking women in my life that I, it hasn't even really occurred to me to have these stereotypes in my head that, you know, oh, women can't do science or some of the things I still hear people to this day proclaiming. So yeah, this is a day to introduce a girl to engineering. So those are some of the holidays we have going on. If you have any you'd like to send our way, my email address is treesong at treesong.org. All right, local happenings. Got lots of stuff going on in the local community, which I'm always happy to see. Our first happening for today, Rice and Spice, Slow Food Dinner. Uh, it's coming up uh, tonight, 6 p.m., Guy House Interfaith Center, which is located at 913 South Illinois in Carbondale. This week, they have a Native American meal with Mark Dunzer from the Trails of Awareness Project. The Trail of Awareness Project is committed to promoting and facilitating real connections to the earth, community, and self through the experiences and tools of ancient technology education, nature awareness mentoring, cross-cultural learning, and outdoor adventure expeditions. Uh, that's fun stuff. And uh, Mark, Mark Dunzer has spoken there before, and I'm a big fan of his work. And you can find out what his cooking is like and the cooking of everyone who's helping out with that. That's uh, 6 p.m., Guy House Interfaith Center, 913 South Illinois in Carbondale. All right, so now we sometimes on here mention the... Uh, the Big Muddy Independent Media Series, uh, Independent Media Center, has uh, films they show on Friday nights, usually. But they've actually taken a break from that for the next two weeks because there's a even bigger film event going on in town, about 8 billion times bigger. It's the Big Muddy Film Festival. Uh, the Big Muddy Film Festival strives to provide Southern Illinois with a rare opportunity to experience contemporary, innovative, and provocative works in film and video that have local and global relevance. Uh, they do this wonderful week uh, once a year. Well, a little over a week, actually, I guess. But this wonderful festival every year that is actually known throughout the country as an independent film festival. They show all sorts of uh, culturally engaging arts and artists from around the world. And uh, they... It's, it's really, you, you've got to see it to believe it, to understand exactly what it's all about. Because they have 
all of these different films going on throughout the week. There's some details in the nightlife. Uh, there's some details at their uh, website. And they show these different films in different genres, all independent films. And it's a really good opportunity to see some films that you're usually not going to see at, like, you know, the, the mainstream corporate's uh, movie theaters. So BigMuddyFilm.com is their website. You can also get more details in the nightlife available at many locations throughout southern Illinois. Uh, I think even if we took a whole half hour, we couldn't list it all. So we get you the general info, and you can decide what you want to check out when. And I'm really looking forward to seeing some of it, and hopefully you are too. I might even see you out there. All right, other happenings. Seed Swap. This is the second ever of the, cen the century. No, in fact, the millennium. It's the Seed Swap here in Carbondale. It's going on uh, tomorrow, Saturday, February 19th, from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. at 214 North Washington Street in Carbondale. It's a half block north of the Town Square Market and a little less than a half block south of uh, WDBX. Do you grow your own food? Are you a beginning or experienced seed saver? You can share knowledge and seeds here at the Seed Swap. There are no experience or seeds required. They are having all vegetable and flower seeds or starts are welcome. Learn about open pollinated heritage and true varieties. Learn about how to save your own seeds. And peop some people will be bringing images from their own gardens to share on their wall of green. So there's actually scheduled this at noon. They're going to have a talk by Vinnie Porobosnik of Diamper Farm on saving and breeding seeds. Also having a presentation by Orlin Mays on the youth gardening program in Carbondale. And that's at 1245. And at 1, demonstration by Steve Smith of Hollow Pumpkin Farm on how to start seeds indoors, potting mix, and timing for different varieties. So it's basically big parties celebrating life and sharing seeds. Because seeds are where we get our food from and food is where we get our life from. So once again, that is coming up on tomorrow, Saturday, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., 214 North Washington Street in Carbondale.
All right, more happenings for you. Because <laughs> there's so much happening in our community. We've got uh, Carbon Soup. Carbon Soup is coming up, a really cool event. Uh, I'm a big fan of this event. It's coming up on Sunday. Uh, let's see, Carbon Soup, it's basically uh, a microfinancing idea. It's coming up Sunday, 6.30 p.m., uh, Long Branch Coffee House here in Carbondale. The idea is that Carbon Soup provides a hearty and affordable meal at a sliding scale of 5 to $10. Uh, everyone gets a ballot, and ev they have proposals about creative projects that could be started in the community. So they take this money from the proceeds of the dinner, and the people who attend the dinner get to vote, and whichever creative project gets the most votes gets the proceeds of the dinner. And the proposal with the uh, second number of votes is invited to present again the following month to get another chance, and they also get an update on the previous month's winner. So, fun times. I really love this idea because I was actually myself uh, learning about microfinance and trying to think about how we could do it here in Carbondale. And then this this was organized by other people. It just showed up beautifully in our community. So, uh, I'm, I'm going to be attending this. I'm actually going to make a proposal to them. And you can, too. If you have creative ideas that you'd like to see happen in Carbondale, and the only thing holding you back is a little bit of startup, then this is a place to go. Carbon soup. And it sounds, I heard about the first one, it sounds like a really fun experience too, you know, because you've got this nice dinner that's been prepared for you, you've got these creative people explaining what they'd like to do, you get to feel the excitement of, oh, I'm going to help make this thing happen. So uh, their website is uh, carbonsoup.org, as you may have guessed, and you can get more information by showing up at the Long Branch uh, this coming Sunday, 6.30, uh, Long Branch Coffeehouse. Should be a good time. All right, almost out of time, but I want to mention a couple more happenings quickly. We've got the primary elections for mayor and city council here in Carbondale. Those are being held on February 22nd, and there are five Carbondale residents who are uh, uh, campaigning for mayor and 16 who are campaigning for city council, and that's more than they're going to want to fit on the final ballot, so they're having a primary election to uh, whittle down the numbers a little bit. Uh, they're going to get reduce it to four per seat for mayor and 12 candidates for city council because there are three slots open. So uh, it's coming up on Tuesday, February 22nd, and you may want to contact uh, contact people because the polling places are going to be a little bit consolidated for a primary versus a main election. For the details on that, you can call the Carbondale City Clerk's Office at 618 549-5302, or they also listed on the Jackson County uh, website at www.jacksoncounty-il.gov. Another couple of quick ones. Questions of Faith and Reality, a new group starting at Guy House Interfaith Center, starting on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. 
They get together people of different faiths and beliefs to talk about uh, spiritual and existential questions of life. I heard it went really well last time, so I wanted to mention that on the air. They've also got a class coming up there that the Living with Living Well with Uncertainty will be starting Thursdays at 7 p.m. starting March uh, 3rd at 913 South Illinois Avenue in Carbondale. Uh, it's presented by the Center for Spiritual Inquiry and Integral Education. Uh, R. Michael Fisher, the director of the center, is leading the class. And there will also be guest presenters, Jim Hansen, Hugh Muldoon, Maureen Pyle, throughout the course of the seven-week course. Uh, and also, I don't have the details for you yet, but I am going to be teaching a course over there through the Center for Spiritual Integ- Inquiry and Integral Education. Uh, it's going to be a course that discusses pop culture as a form of modern mythology, looking into the whole aspect of the hero's journey as it's played out in pop culture. It's going to be really fun. Hopefully next week I'll have all the details on that for you. Well, this has once again been an exciting and action-packed episode of Your Community Spirit. If you have anything to send my way, treesong at treesong.org is the email address. In the meantime, I hope you have a wonderful weekend and a wonderful week. It's really nice outside. Hopefully you'll get a chance to enjoy that. And we'll see you here next week on the radio.